Welcome to episode number 61 of the Birding Life Podcast. My name is Adam and I'm your host on the podcast where we discover birds and the people that pursue them. Today's guest is Mark Crenier, who's going to take us on a virtual birding trip to the Kruger National Park. In the episode, we'll hear about a lot of the special birds that the park has to offer, as well as hearing about the best places to find them. Mark also gives lots of tips and advice, drawing from his many years spent in the park to help you make the most of your time in Kruger. As always, The Birding Life is proud to be associated with Swarovski Optic, one of the world's leading producers of binoculars, monoculars and spotting scopes, as well as the Bird Lasser bird logging app. Spot, plot, play a part. Download and install the app to play your part in social conservation. A few weeks ago, we launched the Birding Life community group on Facebook. This is a group that we started to get to know our followers better. You can post Southern African bird photos, share stories and ask advice on the group. As with last week, we asked people in the group to tell us how their birding was over the past weekend. And here is some of the highlights. Vincent Ward had a southern royal albatross on a trip out of Simonstown with Cape Town Pelagics. Some of the best photos from this past week must have been Jacques Guillaume and Robert Cooper's photos of the double banded courses that they managed to see over the past weekend. Car and Villadiedricks did a trip up to Imtanzinia and they got to see the mangrove kingfisher and the African crake, two stunning birds that are up there. And we encourage you to check out our directory. There's a lot of really great accommodation that we have available up in Imtanzini. Henry Jordan, they did a trip out of Durban and he managed to get a flesh-footed shearwater on a pelagic trip out of Durban. And David and Corsi made us jealous with a whole lot of birds that they managed to see around Vuckerström, yellow-breasted pipit, sentinel rock thrush, eastern long-billed lark, blue-billed teal, African purple swamp hen, southern crowned crane, blue coron, absolutely stunning selection of birds. And I encourage you to contact them if you want to do a trip up to Vuckerström. Thanks again for everyone that shared the birds they got to see over the past weekend. And we encourage you to join the group. If you want to join the group, just pop on over to Facebook and either search for the Birding Life Community or follow the link in the comments section of this podcast. So, without further ado, let's listen to today's episode and hear from Mark as he tells us all about birding in Kruger. So, Mark, I want to welcome you to the show. I know we've been chatting a long time on social media and that, but I want to welcome you to the show, and it's good to have a chat to you finally. Oh, thanks, Adam. It's great to be on the show with the listeners, and it's, yeah, I'm glad to be here. So, this episode I titled A Birder's Guide to Kruger. So, I'm going to ask you... Firstly, to tell us a little bit about yourself and to tell us why you feel that you are qualified to tell birders about Kruger. Okay, so basically, I mean, I was, um, so I grew up, I've grown up in the Lowfelt. I'm originally from Joburg for my sins, but I mean, I was brought up in the Johannesburg Zoo where my dad was the creator of primates and small cats. So I think subconsciously that's where I got my, my love for the bush, for wildlife, and then the birds later on. And then I've been in the Lowfelt now probably coming up to 17 years and then growing up and going to Kruger and enjoying the bush, just that exposure. Mom's quite a keen birder. So that I think also got me involved. And, you know, as a kid, you, it's always stopping for another bird, but I mean, it eventually, it actually does sink in. And then, I mean, I've been guiding in the industry, but I've been doing bird guiding now for just on seven years, but I've been guiding in the industry for just over 10. So, I mean, what Kruger is my home. I mean, I live in Nelspreet, so it's on my doorstep. And I just, I know the park like the back of my hand. I've guided birding trips through the park from top to bottom. And um, I've been on every road there is in the park, every tourist road in the park. So it's just a love for the park and spending so much time there. You can imagine you just build up a good a good idea of where things are. And as you learn more and you just go more, you 
pick up new things in new places. I mean, I guide all over South Africa, Africa, and even the world doing normal guiding and bird guiding, but Kruger, Kruger's home and will always be special for me. Something that is a bit of your one of your claims to fame is that you're part of the team that came first in the 2020 birding big day. <laughs> yeah, no, um, we... So we were a team of we were a team basically of guides that decided, you know, with the lockdown and the COVID and us not traveling and guiding that this would probably be the year to do it. So um having having three I mean, I was in a team with Callan Cohen from Birding Africa, Michael Mills, myself and then Bradley Arthur. And um we just decided let's go for it. You know, we've got the time on our hands, we can it kept us sane. We could go out there, do the scouting, do the birding which we love. We obviously, it was in our area, which you all know pretty well. And just having that time on our hands, you know, our planning for Birdie Big Day started a year before and really putting it all together and trying to break. We wanted to break the Mpumalanga record. And then on the day, things just fell into place. So we managed to break the, the national record. So, I mean, it was, it came from being around and just using our time. And we just decided this is our year to do it. You know, most of the time in November, that's our prime guiding time for Southern Africa. So we're not, we're not normally around for it. So we use the time. And it was one of the positive things of lockdown. Let's put it that way. And then for those who don't know, how many species did you guys manage to see in a day? Oh, I think at the end of the day, it was 336, 336. So in, and we were in the Mpumalanga area with Malalan as our uh, central point. That's flipping insane. I mean, that's about a third of the total species that are in the country. Yeah, it was, it was, it was quite a day. I mean, we literally birded for 24 hours so it was literally birding from we started at 12 o'clock in Nelspruit and our last bird was was logged on Major John just outside Southern Kruger at 1 minute to 12 and it was a greater painted snipe so it was literally yeah non-stop birding for 24 hours we didn't even stop to eat we're obviously going to chat about Kruger in this episode so what is your earliest memory of Kruger Probably, I mean, going, I mean, I, my parents took me to the park from a very, very young age before I could even walk. So, I mean, my first early memories of the park is when it's still what you refer to, what people refer to as the old Kruger. I can remember going to the park when you still had in your camps and you still had the, the big central fireplace in the middle. There was always a kettle on with boiling water and it was always your job as being the older brother. You went and fetched the fire, the, the, the coals for the braai. So those are, that's I mean then the scuttles and the different picnic sites and that that's probably my earliest memories and then I mean as you think about it you can remember when you pulled into an Afsal or near Wetsi or one of the picnic sites in the north you can always remember it was time to scuttle it was time for the the Buddha coffee and the the biscuit and there were always the birds hanging around I always can remember it would have been now I know it's the hornbills the starlings etc but I mean that's I can clearly remember having it's always lots of birds around. Well, let me ask you a really difficult question because there are a lot of overseas listeners that listen to the show. What do you think is the thing that makes Kruger so magical? Yeah, as you said, I mean, it's a difficult question. I think that the magical thing about the park, it, it attracts, it's got something to, it, it's got something that it can attract people of all walks of life. So, I mean, in this specific instance, we're speaking about birds and, and the attraction the park has for birding. We know it's got an attraction for you. Fantastic wildlife. I mean, most birders love their wildlife. So you've got things in the park. Obviously, we've got the big things, the lion, the leopard. It's one of the greatest places to see painted wolves or African wild dogs, which are our most endangered carnivore on the continent after the Ethiopian wolf. It's got things for the, for the botanist. I mean, the botany in the park is off the charts. So the guys into their trees, into their flowers. I mean, now with the Kruger 
having all of its rain. We're seeing flowers and plants that we, we don't even know what they are. We haven't seen them there before because the park's been dry. The scenery, I mean, the scenery throughout the park, top to bottom, you spend time on some of the biggest rivers in our country. I mean, up in the north, the scenes you get with the beautiful baobabs. I mean, I think the magic of the park is it's got, it attracts, it's got something for everyone, be it a guy who spends a whole day trying to look for that magical leopard sighting in a tree to the birders looking for the 500 odd species that are known to be in the park to a guy that just likes to sit in the camp and just be out in the bush and just take it as it comes. So it's just, it's just got something for everyone. And I mean, for the birders, it's still, in my opinion, the best destination for birding in South Africa. So we're going to give lots of tips and advice on how to maximize birding in Kruger. And like we, you heard earlier, we've got an amazing guide on the show. So this is like you're going to get a personal guided trip around Kruger uh, in this episode. But I want to ask you, and we're going to chat about this throughout the episode, we're going to look at your five favorite Kruger birds. So let's start with the bird that makes number five on your list. Tell us what is your fifth favorite Kruger bird and why that bird is so special to you. Okay, I mean, to, to narrow five birds down in Kruger is not, a, not an easy thing but i mean i've got it yeah and so it's i put them in in some sort of order but i just i just put it out there it's not it's it's the five favorites because not more it's just they're, they're special to me due to sightings or what they've led up or how i've seen them etc so it's um it's not it's not by any means the only five in a park so my first one it's a bird that we really only get up in in northern kruger and it's the pennant winged nightjar to me, it's uh, that sort of, of bird is just, um, I've been very lucky. I've seen the bird, obviously, in Northern Kruger, everyone knows, or one of the places you can see them is from Pundamaria Rest Camp in our summer months, November being best. And you go out on the Sunset Drive and they know where to go and the bird comes out of its, of where it's a pipe where the bird's known to roost and it comes out. And when the male comes out with its beautiful long pennants and it, and it flies in front of you making that display call, it's probably, one of my top birding highlights. But why it's on my top five Kruger birds, I was very, very lucky. I did actually find a pennant wing nightjar in southern Kruger near Pretoriaskop on the Inkambeni concession a few years ago. So for me, having seen that bird up in the north, you, you know it's there. But actually finding one in southern Kruger where there were historical records and people knew they might be around, but just being lucky enough to be in the right place at the right time and having hearing that typical call they make when they display and having one actually displaying over a rock while you're having sundowners is is an experience that will stay with me for a long time i've literally got goosebumps as you share that it's just, it's a bird that i want to see i mean i've seen photos of them and it's an absolutely spectacular bird yeah i mean hands down it's it's i mean it's a bird that that, that i think south african birders or, or birders even an international birder coming into africa it's a bird we get i mean from my guiding experience when i spend time birding up in the rest of the the, the, the continent is a bird that pitches up. You know, I spent a lot of time in the Mobile Botswana too. And it's just a bird people know about and want to see. I mean, in other parts of West Africa, we get similar night jars with long pennants. I mean, we get standard wing night jars and that sort of thing. But I think for us down back, coming down back down to Kruger, it's just, just one of those birds, you know, it's just, I mean, you want to see it in summer when it's in a male with their long pennants. It's just, it takes your breath away. It's as simple as that. So for people that are going to Kruger that want to see a pennant wing nightjar, what is you, and I, you you're saying summer? What are the best months to to see the the bird? Yeah, I mean you want to. So you're only going to see the bird in, in summer. It's an inter-African migrant, so they're not going to they're not in the Kruger now in winter. And I mean if you're going to come to the park or make the effort to come, even for our South African 
listeners, you want to come and see that bird in the summer months and ideally you want to go up into northern Kruger. So you want to book in, stay at Puna Maria Rest Camp in the far north and then book the sunset drive. Don't book the night drive. I've heard people that book the wrong drive. You go out at night, the chance of seeing it is quite slim or you're not going to see it when it comes out and really displays. You've got to book the sunset drive and mention you want to go and see the pennant ring night shows. And the local uh, guides from Kruger, the Sandfox guides that are up there, know about the bird and they know where to go and get it. Your best time is probably in October, November into December. You don't want to go much later than that because then the males then stop to drop their pennants. So your ideal month, November, and then up at Puna Maria Rest Camp and you book the Sunset Drive. So you just touched on there um, about game drives, especially with the, the Sandpox vehicles. So is it worth doing a game drive in Kruger? And the reason I ask this question is uh, when you get onto a lot of those vehicles, almost 95% of the people are not birders. So they're all on the, the drive to see leopards and lions and the rest of the big five. Is it worth doing a game drive at Kruger? Yeah, Adam, I mean, as you, and, and listeners, as you said, I mean, we all know, I mean, we, we call them... <laughs> The, the, the big cat chases, which I think it's I think it's for each individual to decide, first of all, what do they want to see? You know, some of our birders might want to see a lion or a leopard. And I mean, realistically, going out at night, you have a good chance of seeing these things and some of the other nocturnal mammals that are around. So, I mean, again, a lot of our birders are quite keen on seeing things like African wildcat, a caracal, serval, the genets, porcupine, and those things are more active at night. So I definitely think it's worth it. But you must mention you're a birder. So you must try and get the guides to understand you are interested in birds and you're quite keen for them to stop, you know, for the spotted eagle owl that's often on the road. They might know where there's a barn owl on a roost. And um, the night drives are definitely better in the north where the camps are a lot more quiet. You know, I would seriously suggest, especially to listeners that have been to the park before, the night drives in Southern Kruger are busy and it's very difficult for a guy to try and do birding when he's got one of the big, what we call the cattle trucks, or one of the big open vehicles, and he's got 20 people to keep happy. Of course, he's going to go for the bigger things. But as you go more north, you know, the camps like Shinguetsi, the camps like Puna Maria, even Mopani, and even some of the bushveld camps, like, I mean, even down in the south, Biamiti bushveld camp, and some of the bushveld camps, if you mention when doing your booking or before arriving, instant and night drive, often the park will make an arrangement to make sure there's a vehicle there and then it's a very good chance that because you're coming from one of the smaller camps or the bushfield camps, you're the only people on the vehicle and you're in one of the 10 seaters and then you're the only people. So then you can kind of say to the guy, you know, don't worry about having to find us a lion or a leopard. We're interested in the birds. And quite often the guides actually enjoy that because it's something different. But I mean, from the camps where birders are known to go, the guys also know that people are interested in birds. I mean, the other option people have is when you're in Kruger and I mean, not just to to punt, um, I mean, there are a lot of local guides that do guiding trips. I know some of the BirdLife guides, Samson up in Northern Kruger, you can get in touch with him through BirdLife South Africa, through your platform on the birding life, and you can meet him. You know, he can meet you at Puna Maria, meet you up in the north, and he can join you in your car for the day of birding and target some of the special things. Or guides like myself, you know, we're available, we join people for the day, and then it's, you know, more birding focused. We've been speaking a lot about the north, but the southern part of the the park and has some really great birding. So tell us about some of the specials that can be found at the south of the park and where are the best places to see them? 
Yeah, hands down. I mean, yeah, sorry, I'm wabbling on about the north. I've just come from the north. Southern Kruger, definitely. I mean, I mean, as we've got a, a mix of listeners um, tuning in, a lot of our international clients will start in Southern Kruger just because of the logistics. Easier to get to from the airport in Joburg. Easier to fit in on a longer trip if you're visiting other parts of the country. And the north's got its specials and it's got some fantastic birding. And it's got birding throughout the year. I mean, obviously, Kruger is better in summer because all of our migrants are here. But I've just come back from, from, from Kruger and birding in Kruger. And I've got a couple of, I've been spending time birding in Kruger in winter. And we still have some exceptionally birding. I'm talking 100 species in a day in the middle of winter in southern Kruger. So the birding is off the charts in Kruger. Some of the specials in, Kruger, in southern Kruger focus now would be in summer months, thick-billed cuckoo. I mean, that's a bird that many birders are still trying to get on their list, still trying to see. And the bird, when it's around, is often seen in Bergendal Rest Camp. And you hear the bird calling if you're in the camp. You listen for the call, the very distinctive call that they do. And, I mean, that's a, that's a great bird to see. Bergendal Camp is known for their barred owlets. There's barred owlets that, rest in the, that, that roost in the camp. And if you just walk around the camp, watching the trees if you're in the camp you'll hear the birds calling at night and you can get get onto the birds you know pearl spots owlets a resident bird in the camp in front of the camp if it's got water things like white-backed night heron has been seen there your striated heron the other cuckoos african cuckoos very good in the area i mean so if you move up from bachanal and you're moving uh, towards the east and you head towards crocodile bridge down that area that drive along the river is just great for general birding. I mean, you come things like your greater honey guides pitch up on that road. You always got a chance of bumping into southern ground hornbill, um, southern white crowned shrikes. You know, these are some of the birds that people are looking to see. And it's a great drive to also do for, for, for mammal viewing. You know, it's a, it's a great area in the park to pick up some of our, our mammals. It's great for leopard, for lion. Crocodile Bridge is a great camp for things like lesser honey guide. We get the tinkerbird, yellow-fronted tinkerbird is resident in the camp. And these are kind of birds that are not too common in Kruger. Sand martins in summer are sometimes along the Crocodile River from Crocodile Bridge. So, I mean, the, the bridge itself, if you can just cross over the bridge, rufous wings, cysticular is seen from the bridge, brown-throated weaver. These are not typically birds that we see in Kruger, but they're good. These are birds we see in southern Kruger. If you head a bit more north in summer along the S28 going up to Lower Sabi, if we've had good rains and the grass has matured, you can get things like black cuckoo. I mean, that's a bird that we know from KZN, but it comes into Kruger, and that's a fantastic bird to see. Red says helmet shrikes. It's also one of my favorite birds, but I'll chat, touch on that later. Pops up quite regularly in southern Kruger, in, in your more thicker woodland that is good Bergendal rest camp south of Afsal, the picnic spot. And, I mean, the south is really good for its raptors. If you're in winter, our raptors breed in our winter months, so you're going to see your tawny eagles, martial eagles. And I've just come back now and coming through the park, we had, I think on one day, three martial eagles sitting on nests, you know. These are fantastic birds to see. Obviously, your summer months, you're going to have your Warburg's eagles, your lesser spotted eagles. If you can find where your quilias are, and the quilias have been very active in southern Kruger, you're going to get your lesser spotted eagles and even a step eagle coming down to feed on the quilias, you know. The Sabi River around Skakuza, I often hear people say, no, man, Skakuza, it's too busy. Skakuza is a great place to be based from if you're going to explore Southern Kruger because you've got multiple options. You can head up north towards Chokwan and you get your grasslands. You can head south towards Bergendal, Afsal, and you cover a wide range of habitats. 
You can head along the Sabi River towards Lower Sabi and Sunset Dam, which is, I mean, everyone knows Sunset Dam for birds and along the Sabi River. You're going to get things like saddlewood stork, Goliath heron. And then one of the special birds that every bird also, it's one of those birds that people, if they just mention the word African finfoot, it sends shivers down your spine. And the Sabi River, in my opinion, is the best place to see African finfoot in Kruger. The low water bridge right at Kukuza Camp by the Davidson Center. You can somehow sit on that bridge and the bird comes swimming past you. And the same for the high water bridge, 15 kilometers from Skakuza towards Lower Sabi. We've got African wood owls that nest and are sometimes seen on a day roost just before in Kusku picnic spot. Again, between Skakuza, Lower Sabi. We've had dwarf bitterns showing up in the area. So, I mean, as you can hear, I'm just naming some incredible birds for Southern Kruger. And then Malalan Bridge. If I can suggest anyone doing a trip to Southern Kruger, you must start or end your Kruger trip going out Malalan Gate and stopping on the Malalan Bridge. You can get out your car and it's just absolutely stunning. You've got all the water birds there. Goliath heron, Saddleball stork, giant kingfisher, pied kingfisher, malachite kingfisher. From time to time, we've had half-collar kingfisher pitch up there. You've got all your egrets. We sometimes pick up sacred ibis there. Black-crowned night herons. I mean, sacred, you can hear. I mean, it's just even glossy ibis from time to time. So these are all good birds to see in the park. So, I mean, if that if that hasn't sold you on, on, on Southern Kruger, I mean, you can pop into Skakuza itself and go and stand at the petrol station and you'll listen for the gorgeous bushrite calling. I mean, that's a fantastic bird to see. And Skakuza Camp is one of the best places in summer. You hear the birds calling, calling nonstop. Bearded scrub robin, purple banded sunbird is a new bird that's crept into Kruger. And the area around Skakuza, then of course the golf club, going to the nursery and a walk around the golf club, the nursery has got fantastic birds. I mean, the nursery and the golf club has had some of our rarities for Kruger. Blue mantled crested flycatchers, lesser chicana has pitched up at the golf club before. And it's one of those places you can go to Kruger. You just have to sign in. You can have a wonderful breakfast there. And you can actually walk around the golf club and actually bird on foot. I mean, we get broadboard roller that nests in front of the, the restaurant at the golf, club, the golf club in summer. And it's one of the reliable spots for me to see Western Osprey in Southern Kruger. So, I mean, as you can see, I've done a brief mention of a couple of places people can really enjoy some great birding in Southern Kruger. My embarrassing story from Southern Kruger is this, and this is going to really, yeah, let me put it out there. So we stopped at Sunset Dam and we got a, a white crown lapwing, which is one of the birds we were after and got stopped there, got some great views, got some great photos of it. Anyway, I get back and I was asked to do a talk with my bird club. So I kind of was rushing around at the last minute and did a presentation, took all the photos. I'd got at Kruger and, you know, I get to that part. I speak about this experience at Sunset Dam and I put a picture up and I said, there's the white crown lapwing. Wing. I'm doing the talk and there's this lady in the bird club, um, Jenny Norman. She's awesome, but she's she just gives me the look and I know, okay, what have I done wrong? She says, no, no, you've got an African wattle lapwing on the screen. Uh, we, we had seen the white crown lapwing, but I put the wrong flipping picture on the screen. I mean, like in front of the whole bird club, I, I, I totally felt like an absolute idiot. But yeah, that's my embarrassing Sunset Dam story. <laughs> yeah, yeah, that white crowned lapwing is actually is, is, is a special bird. A lot of people don't I mean, Sunset Dam, hands down, is one of the best places in Southern Kruger and even in the park to see it. Otherwise, it's a bird typical of the north. But if you look at its distribution, it's actually got quite a limited distribution. We found it along the Zambezi. So it's a, it's a good bird to get in Southern Kruger. And as you said, at Sunset Dam.
Well, let's let's go back to your list. What is the fourth best Kruger bird on your list? Okay, the fourth best Kruger bird on my list is is it's, it's a bird that a lot of people have seen or really want to see, and it's a greater painted snipe. The painted snipes and and the rails they just they often are difficult birds to see, but the painted snipes in Kruger, you know, if you crossing some of the low water bridges, if it's been a good year and you've got standing water with a bit of vegetation. The Balule Bridge in central Kruger, I've seen it in, in, in the south as well, even sometimes actually at the, at the low water bridge going over the Sand River. To me, it's just such an amazingly cool bird. It's just a fantastic looking bird. They make a really, really cool call if you're ever lucky enough to hear them calling. They are near threatened, so it's always nice seeing birds that are not too common. What's really cool, and it might give the listeners a chuckle, is that um, they're polyandrous. So yes, uh, ladies, it can be done. The males can look after look after young, but the male actually incubates and cares for the chicks. So I've recently, actually in the beginning of this year, in Kruger, came across a male painted snipe. You know, Kruger had an exceptional amount of rain this year with the cyclone. We had pools of water in places we don't get water. And we were moving, we were just north of Lower Sabi, going up for breakfast to the Molendozi picnic spot. And here we came across this pool of water with a male painted snipe just sitting with three chicks next to the road. And it's just to be able to watch those birds through the binoculars and see that definition and that color and how the male looked after these little youngsters was just a sighting that, I mean, I've seen snipe all over. But I mean, it's, 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 it was just sighting that I really, really enjoyed. And it just managed to worm its way onto my list. Oh, that's so awesome. So one of the challenges I think that Kruger presents is that most people will self-drive. And the, the challenges besides birding in the camps is that you can't get out of your car. So how do you maximize your birding at Kruger while being limited to a car in the park? Yeah, I think, that, Adam, the, 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 the key there to what you must do is you got to you got to so I mean you obviously at all at, at all times folks we need to obey the park rules they're there for a reason to keep people safe so I just, you must do there's a reason why you can't get out your car it's very frustrating of course you mean you want to of course get out and and, and try and you know sometimes that raptor flies over you don't get good views but we just have to stick to the park rules I mean, camp birding is definitely spend time birding in the camps. You know, often the bird activity will die down in the heat of the day. That's the time you want to get back into the camp and do a walk around the camp. Try and find a lot of the camps have got bird baths, water, a leaking tap, a pool of water where the guys have put on a, a hose pipe or a faucet for foreign guests and are watering the gardens. Often you get great birds coming in there and then you're not confined to the car. Make use of Kruger. I mean, Kruger's got a fair amount of bird hides and, and, and picnic spots and that sort of thing where you, you're allowed to get out your car and then you, you know, you're allowed to get out and bird. Spend time sitting at that Lake Panic bird hide or that near Wetsy bird hide near Sotara on the S100, Gardenia bird hide in the south. There's multiple bird hides. I mean, the bird hide south of, south of Mopani or the bird hide when you come in at Palabora Gate, even the bird hide at Punamir Rest Camp. Sit in the bird hides and just enjoy the birds that come down to the water, the birds in the camp. I mean, your bush shrikes are very easy to see often in the camps. A lot of your smaller birds, your green-winged pytilias, your blue waxbills, your fire finches, your buntings, these sort of things are very easy to see within our camps. Then you've got the luxury of birding on foot. From the car, my suggestion is to take your time 
And when you get onto those bird parties, you know, often we see the drongos starting to make a lot of noise, the bulbuls, or you heard the other birds chippering. Stop there, spend your time, keep still, and just watch. Often I find by turning off the vehicle, pulling off the road, on a quiet road, and just keeping still, you actually see the birds come out to investigate you. And then you really get to enjoy the small birds. As you're crossing causeways and you see small pools of water as the day heats up, it's well worth stopping there and spending some time because you actually see the birds coming down to drink there. It's very important just to just to reiterate, you know, often, and I know a lot's been said with you guys in the bird life, or the birding life and with bird life South Africa, is some of the time when we're birding, it's best to just stop, slow down, and wait for the birds and they'll come to you. You know, we have there's been great discussions recently in South Africa about calling birds out and the use of callback. And I must just say to our listeners, please, guys, just think about the disturbance that is done when we call out our birds. And some of the time, you know, you've heard the bird calling or the birds there. We always think, ah, we'll call the bird in. Just wait. Enjoy the birds that come in. Often the bird you're trying to see pops out in front of you. So once you get past Kukuza, the habitat starts to change. I think that's something which is quite nice about Kruger. There's quite a broad range of habitat in Kruger. So once we get past Kukuza, can you tell us some of the best birding routes as you start to head north? Yeah, definitely. So as you head up up, up from Skakuza, you've got two options to head up north. Most people will head up from Skakuza, cross over the Sabi River, and then over the Sand River, and then they're going to be heading towards Chokwan. So immediately then you start to, you'll go through quite thick vegetation along the river. So you're going to be watching for any of your woodland and river associated species, your water birds. And as you leave the river, you're going to cross and you start getting into your open areas. You'll cross the high level bridge. The road is the H12. And if you head up and you start to watch there, it can be a very, very good area to pick up your owls. You know, things like southern white-faced owl, your African barred owlets again. And then as you start to get into your open grasslands, you know, then you start to pick up some of your grassland species. You'll start watching for your grassland cysticulars, your year zitting cysticular often calling in the area. You'll start to pick up things like your cory bustards, ostrich, that sort of thing as you start to get close to, to Sitara, which is now what we count in, in, in southern Kruger. Just before Chokwan picnic site, it's well worth popping into open dam. It's got a great view down onto the dam. There's often really good water birds there, yellow-billed storks. I've had painted snipe there. I've actually had white-backed night heron there before as well. So that's always an area to go. And you pass through a lot of open grasslands. And in that area, you start to get things like your African puppets. But you'll watch for buffy puppets, chestnut-backed sparrow larks. You start to pick up your sabota larks, all birds that are, as the habitat changes, you start to pick them up. The area of Satara is worth, I mean, uh, sorry, Chokwan is worth stopping at. It's, you'll probably need a, a coffee break and, and, and visit the bathrooms. You can have a good breakfast there. And in the picnic site, one of the birds to watch for there is your African morning doves. Well, I think it's your morning collar dove now. And that's a bird that's the most southerly we get the bird. You start to pick up, sometimes there's red-winged starlings in the camp. That's not a bird you always see in the park. It's been... If you check the big apple leaves there in the parking lot, we've had European nightjar roosting on those um, apple leaves in our summer months. I've had sterlings, wren, warbler in the camp while walking around. And you just get some of your more general birds that you see very well, things like your crested barbets, the array of hornbills, your greater blue-eared starlings, you see very well. And then from there, you'll be heading up to Sitara, generally going through your open grasslands again. And it's worth 
if you're in the Sotara area visiting, you've heard me say the near Red Sea viewpoint and then the bird hide that is nearby. You get one of the greatest places in the park to see yellow belly green bull, your violet-eared wax bulls, which are bird typically of the more drier west. And in summer months, the, 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 the bird hide that's near near Wetsi is very, very good for blue chick bee eaters. And then north of uh, Satara, the S90 is a road that's famous amongst birders in that area of Kruger. It's a good area, very early in the morning, if you can get onto the road. When conditions are, well, are good, you can see marsh owls. It's good for orange-breasted waxbills, Caspian plovers, Timonix courses, your monotonous larks, flappet lark, African cuckoo. And then, of course, your harriers, both your pallid and your Montague's harriers. Those are birds. Of course, this is in our summer months. But these are birds that are also quite sought after by birders in Kruger. I mean, a lot of Kruger also depends on rainfall, what the local conditions are. But, I mean, that's just a general idea of some of the areas you should visit and explore when in northern Kruger. Sotara Rest Camp, spend some time walking around the camp. You common birds in the camp, things like Acacia Pied Barbet. Cape Sparrow, it's one of the records where we, one of the places we see Cape Sparrow for Kruger. And then just, I mean, it's very good often for the vultures. We have in the areas very good again for your raptors feeding on the on the quilia colonies. Lappet-faced, white-backed, white-headed vultures, also quite good in the area. She's now that our mouths are drooling with the birds that you've been speaking about. Tell us about bird number three on your list. So bird number three on the list is also quite a quite a special bird for me. It's a bird that uh, a lot of birders are still probably trying to see in South Africa. I'm extremely lucky as I do spend a lot of time in northern Kruger guiding, and it's the awesome racket-tailed roller. To me, a racket-tailed roller, it's, it's a special bird. I mean, the bird is, is more common as you head up more north, but it's just a super bird to see in the park in South Africa and the northern parts of Kruger, basically from the bridge over the Lavuvu River. There's a couple of spots that are known, the different markers. You can see them. And we do also see them quite a bit on trips I lead in the Makuleke concession. But why it's a special bird for me is not so much the rarity of the bird. I've just had great the views of the bird without looking for the bird. It's just one of those birds. You know, we all have that bogey bird. And it's just one of those birds that my first time going up there, looking for it, knowing it's there, driving. And the people in the car say to me, isn't that the bird you're looking for? And you look out in the racket on road, it's just standing there next to the road looking at you. And, you know, you have this impression of this bird that is almost mythical. Is it really there? Are you going to see the bird? And my first sighting of the bird in the park, was just out there in the open. And just because of that, it's just one of those birds that just stay with me. It's just one of my favorite birds to see anywhere, but especially in the Kruger Park. I actually think a lot of people need to lock their credit cards away in their safe after this episode because people might be booking to go up to Kruger straight after this episode. So yeah, <laughs> we will not be held liable for any any credit card, card expenses after this episode, just saying. So yeah, the Kruger has some really fantastic camps. And I think the one myth that people probably think is that Kruger's is is very expensive you know I think Kruger has a quite a diverse range of camps for different uh different what different people could afford what are your top three camps to stay at in Kruger as a birder it's difficult I mean uh, I when you when when, when I was preparing for this uh, I knew you were going to ask me and I could I just couldn't narrow it down to three so I've got I've got five but definitely so I'm going to start from the north. Definitely Puna Maria camp as a birder. I think every birder needs to spend time in Puna Maria. Then Shingwetsi rest camp. I just absolutely love the rest camp. 
It's just in an ideal location along the Shinguetsi River. Great birding and wildlife in the area. The north does have good mammals too. Coming down south, it's going to be Sitara and then Bachendal Rest Camp. So yeah, I managed to narrow it down to four. Those are my favorite rest camps. Of the bushveld camps, definitely Biamiti Bushveld Camp and then Telemati and then Batalia Bushveld Camp. Just because you said, you know, there's a variety of different options out there. And then, yeah, spending time in the Makuleke concession is also a must if people can get there. And I think what a lot of people who maybe haven't been to Kruger or maybe been to Kruger a long time ago, I know that my family always said, ah, stuff's very expensive. But, you know, what we were quite surprised with is that there actually are some very affordable places to get food in the in the reserve. A lot of the shops are quite affordable. So it's not, a lot of it isn't out of out of the price price range of most South Africans. And, you know, sometimes just going to, like, for example, like we learned as Kakuza, if you go to the one side of Cattle Baron that overlooks the, the river, you pay a little bit more than going the other side. And, yeah, you get some, you get some quite reasonable, reasonably priced meals at some of the camps. Sure. I mean, it's definitely, I mean, but Kruger, Kruger's got a lot and it can, Kruger's not like going to the Kalahari or to the middle of the Kalahari. There's a lot available, but guys that spend a good amount of time, you're going to be spending 10, 12 days in the park. You could always, a lot of the time, if you're in southern, if you're coming down from the north to the south, or vice versa, it's not far to actually pop out of the park quickly into the shops, stock up, and you can even do your own thing. But, I mean, a lot of the places are quite reasonable in their meals, but I mean, most of the rest camps and the picnic areas still have their scottle sets up where you can get your scottle, you can do your fry up your breakfast, and that just that helps, especially for a family. It just helps to to keep those costs down and make it worth it. And I mean, all the camps have such a variety of accommodation available. I mean, and some of the camps have got cheaper options than other. I mean, first comes to mind, I know Pretoria's Corp Camp. They've got different huts that are a bit more cheaper than, let's say, the standard huts at Skakuza. I know Shinguetsi has got a wide, very wide variety of accommodation where you can get anything from a chalet that's got everything to a chalet that's just got a bed and a fridge and use communal pollutions. And then there's camping. I mean, Kruger Park, all the camps do offer campsites and, and you can camp. And sometimes camping, you can have some amazing experience. You know, you're sitting there having your braai and Aina walks past the fence, you know, or you've got a barn owl calling in the camp or a pearly above your tent, you know. And I mean, a lot of the camps have now introduced the safari tents, which is like that happy medium. So definitely, if you look on the Sand Park's website, it's just re- 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 been revamped and it's actually a great tool. And it really, um, it really gives you, there's oh, a lot of options out there, definitely. So you've been speaking a lot about the north of the park and the fantastic birding that it offers. So tell us about the birding in the north of the park and give us some tips on how to get some fantastic birds. Yeah, I mean, so the north of the park is, 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 has always been known as the place where the birders go. And you see it when you're in the north of the park. Often the people you, you bump into, you know, you see those classic bumper stickers, don't follow me, I'm birding, you know. So the north of the park has got its specials. I mean, some of the things that people go up to the north to look for. I mean, and when I'm talking the north, I'm now talking going Shinguetsi upwards. So it's going to be from Shinguetsi, Punda Maria, and up to the Pafuri area. So, and then, of course, things like the Pafuri picnic spot, the Lubuvu Bridge, the Mockford College is now at the border camp, and then Punda Maria Rest Camp itself. Some of the mouth-watering things we find in the north, um, Pell's Fishing Owl, the orange teddy bear. That's a bird of the north. We can get the bird at Olifant's Rest Camp, just to give a, a bit of a, a spoiler and a hint there. Guys looking for Pell's Fishing Owl, it's worth spending a night at Olifant's Rest Camp. 
and you can actually book a walk with sand parks. They call it the river walk, and they will actually walk. And you can just say you want to see the pearls, and they'll walk, and they do know spots where you can walk to see pearls fishing out. And then black-throated wattle eye is a special bird of the Pufui picnic site in the north. You've heard me mention racketail roller. African yellow white eye, Pufui picnic site, is a great space to see it. The two spine tails, bones and mottled spine tails, are known from the Levuvu Bridge. More the bones now, but I did have mottled when I was up there recently. Punda Maria, the camp, is very good for gray, what used to be the gray-headed. It's now the brown-necked parrot. And then Dickinson's Kestrel is a bird people really, really want to see in Kruger. Um, we get them up in the north. I know I've had them north of Shingwetsi. One of the great, one of the reliable spots is always to check the Kloppefontein Dam on the Kloppefontein Loop between Puna Maria and Pafuri. And then we do get it in the Makuleke Concession. Your lemon-breasted canaries, either at Crook's Corner or just before the bridge in the pools of water. Green-capped Eromomola on the drive to the Pafuri picnic site, sometimes around the Pretoria Scorp area as well, actually. Purple indigo bird. And then one of the birds is very difficult for people to get onto their Kruger list is your three-banded courser. Sometimes you get lucky, you can see them resting in the shade north of the Lavuvu Bridge. Black kukul in times in the summer months of good rain. Senegal lapwing on its chat is very, very good in the area around Punda Maria Rest Camp. Uh, Senegal kukul is a bird we pick up in northern Kruger. And then in time, in wet years, we do pick up things like your Allen's Gallinule, Dwarf Bittens, African Crakes, Corn Crakes. We even had a couple of Striped Crakes in Northern Kruger this year. Um, olive Tree Warbler is also a great bird for that we start to pick up more up in the northern areas. I mean, and then Punamira Rest Camp is also, Punamira is probably known for seeing the Bob Marleys, your Crested Guinea Fowl. They run around the camp a bit like uh, chickens, so it's a good place to pick up that bird. Eastern Nikotol is a very good bird to see in Punda Maria Rest Camp. You can also see that bird in Bergendal, by the way, in summer, near the petrol station. Meave Starling, Orange Ring Pytilia. We all know that bird was famous for coming into the bird bath there. Broadboard Roller, Dusky Lark, and you've heard me mention the Pennant-Winged Nightjar. Another bird that often flies around in the northern Kruger that a lot of birders don't know to watch for. If you spend time around Shingwetsi or a place where you know you can have a good open view and you can spend time there as the sun is setting. And Punamia Rest Camp is a good area for them, is Batok. Batok is a bird that is in Kruger, but it's often overlooked. If you spend time watching, as the sun's setting and the bats start to fly up, you sometimes see this small raptor come zooming by. And that is most of the time a Batok. I mean, you can have a look, know what to watch for. But it's a bird that we're hearing more and more sightings of because I think more people know to watch for them. Oh, Flip, fantastic birds in the north. Uh, I haven't done the north yet, and it's something I definitely want to do. So let's go. We're nearly by the top of the list now. What is the second bird on your favorite five Kruger birds? So this is probably an odd bird for some. and might say, I mean, what, what kind of a guy is this mentioning this bird? But for me, it's the helmet shrike. It's the Retz's helmet shrike. For me, the birds are just, there's just something about the helmet shikes, the way they're both, also the white crested, but the reds, the little black bird with that beautiful red skin around the eye, their red bill, that awesome call that they make when they move through the woodlands. And when they sit there and they look at you and you see that eye and that red bill, it's just one of those birds that creep into my heart. 
They're cooperative breeders, so both the male and the female are both are involved in looking after their youngsters. But it's also a super special bird because on many occasions, birding in Kruger, Retsus helmet shikes have shown me thick-billed cuckoo. Thick-billed cuckoo, the Retsus helmet shike are the host of thick-billed cuckoo. So quite often you see this flock of Retsus helmet shikes coming across the road, making their noises, and you're watching them, and all of a sudden you see this thick-billed cuckoo coming in behind them. So it's probably because of the combination. When I see Retsus, I immediately think thick-billed cuckoo. It puts it as my number two bird, my second second top bird for Kruger. So now I'm going to ask you a question which could take a whole episode in itself to be answered, but I'm going to ask I'm going to ask you to answer this in as quickly as you can. But if somebody had a week to go to Kruger and bird, and you've gone through all the different species that are available, you've spoken about all the different camps that are in Kruger, um, what sort of routes and camps would you suggest to maximize their birding over the week? So they have seven days. What would be your recommendation? Okay, you've got to try and cover as much habitat as possible, but do it in, in, in what's relaxed for you. So what I've done, I've basically done a north to south. I mean, it's obviously flexible, and I mean, you can always, folks can always get hold of me and chat to me about it or chat to me on on the Birding Life platform on Facebook. But definitely, you want to probably start at Skakuza two nights, then up to Sitara for either a night or two nights. Um, that's covering south and central. And then between Satara, you maybe want to stand a night at Mapani to do the Tropic of Capricorn loop. It's just fantastic for birding. You know, secretary birds, some of your larks, your pipits, Timonix courses, bronze wing courses. Then up to Shinguetsi for a night and then up to Pundamaria for two to three nights. So I might have gone over a week there, but that's just to give an idea. That's how you're going to cover as much of the park and really get a trip like that, depending on your skill level, how much birding you do in summer. You could easily get 200, 250 species, maybe even close to 300. Okay, so now here is the moment. I don't have any fancy equipment to do a drum roll, but what is the bird that makes number one on your Kruger list? So it's a very, very special bird to me. It's the bird that actually got me into bird watching, and it's a pals fishing owl. The reason why I say the pals fishing owl, it's not really, I mean, it's limited in Kruger, but to me, it's it basically started my career in birding and then becoming a bird guide. There was, must have been, it's many years ago, I was just doing the normal Ferrari safari in Kruger. For my sins, didn't even own a bird book and was guiding around the park. Yeah, shocking. I was one of those uh, one of those guys. And um, I could hear the guys talking about a pals fishing owl near Paul Kruger Gate. And I had no idea what this bird was. But the guys were going on and on about this pals fishing owl. So I stopped at Skakuza, went into the shop, had a quick look at a bird book. I remember it was the previous Roberts, so it was the Roberts bird book with a, with a uh, fish eagle on them. Had a look at this pals fishing island and thought, well, this is quite a good looking bird and it's not supposed to be at Paul Kruger Gate on the Sabi River. So I thought, I'll go and have a look at this bird. Pitched up there, there were a couple of crazy birders having a look at the bird and they showed me the bird and I thought, what an incredible looking bird. Not knowing the rarity of the bird, yeah, I know. There's probably listeners now pulling their hair out and um, I then thought to myself, Mark, you had driven this road this morning. You should have been the one to see this bird. And then I just started to slowly take a notice of the birds that were around me. This was in the month of November. So I started noticing some of the birds in Kruger. And then in January, I decided, well, I'll start keeping a list of the birds that I saw in the Kruger. And that was basically the start to the end. You know, as you start keeping a list, you want to see more. And that really drum rolled or got my career going. Where I decided I don't I actually want to 
watch birds for a living and take people birding and just share that passion and just share that that excitement we get when you show someone a bird that they haven't seen or a bird they always wanted to see. It can sometimes be a common bird. It can be a, a foreign bird that's come out to Africa and they see a crested barbet for the first time or an African hoopoe right to someone that's always wanted to see, like a pal's fishing owl, a white-backed night heron, you know, something like that. And the pal's fishing owl will always be a special bird because it's the bird that got me into bird watching. Oh, fantastic. It's still a bird I need to see on my list. So, Mark, I really just want to say I really appreciate you give, sharing your knowledge on this episode. Oh, man, this has been epic. This is one of those episodes that I think everyone that wants to do a trip up to Kruger needs to listen to. Uh, I know, for one, I want to do a trip back up again. So if somebody's listening and um, is looking for a professional guide for Kruger, what areas do you cover and how can people get in touch with you? Uh, yeah, no, it was an absolute pleasure. Thanks, Adam. Yeah, just to do a bit of a punt, um, I appreciate the opportunity. Um, yeah, so I guide all over. Kruger, I've spent a lot of time, and you heard me say I'm, I am based in Nelspread, so it's very easy for people to get in touch with me, and I can join them on a birding trip. In Most of the time, it'll be southern Kruger, but I can organize trips through the entire Kruger. Also in Mpumalanga, we've got some great birding in, in, in the low fight in Mpumalanga, some great forest birds up at Pedler's Bush, you know, up in Carbsworth, and in the, in the low fight, even around Nelspread. And then I'd also do bird watching trips throughout Southern Africa, Africa and the world for the company I work for, Nature Travel Birding. So the easiest way for people to just get in touch with me is um, either through through Facebook. I'm on Facebook. It's Mark Cronier. It's Mark with a C. Or via my email. It's Mark. So Mark with a C dot Cronier, C-R-O-N-J-E 1991 at gmail.com. And then, or, or via, you can just give me a call, send me a message on my cell phone number, 083-705-6436. And then, yeah, Nature Travel Birding does have a Facebook page as well. Oh, thanks, Mark. I really appreciate it. What we'll do, we'll pop all the all the relevant links into the comment section of this podcast. If you want to get hold of Mark, or if you missed any of the details, just pop us a message on the Burning Life, and we will we will pass the details on to you. Um, yeah. So thanks everybody for listening. We really appreciate it. And Mark, once again, thank you so much for being on the show. Thank you very much. I appreciate the, the opportunity, Adam. I think what you guys are doing with the Burning Life is fantastic. It's definitely serving a purpose for birding in our country and. Keep it up and thanks to the listeners for tuning in to listen to me waffle. I appreciate it. We are proud to be working in association with Wild Books to help get all the best birding resources into your hands at a great price. If you would like to support the Birding Life project and the resources that we are putting out, please click on the link in either the comments section of this podcast or in our social media posts. Your support helps us to improve and hopefully make a bigger impact. Be sure to head over to our website, www.thebirdinglife.com and check out all the exciting resources that we have on our website, including our exciting forum section to connect you with the world of birding, birders and exciting birds out there. Do not forget to follow The Birding Life on Instagram and Facebook. We really appreciate everyone that takes the time to interact with these accounts. Be sure to check out Birdlasser and download the app on either iOS or Android and keep a life list while playing your part in social conservation. As well as Swarovski Optic, one of the world's leading producers of binoculars, monoculars and spotting scopes. So until next time, be blessed and happy birding.